0: Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, We'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Alison. She has been a client of mine for three and a half years. After a difficult childhood in the U.S., she has created a beautiful life for herself with a loving husband, family and community in New Zealand. She is excited about true connection with people, rock climbing, skiing, camping, hiking, as well as art and architecture. A very well warm welcome to you, Alison. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and sharing your insights. You shared with me that you hope to make a difference for someone listening. And that is my wish too, that this podcast is truly helping people. So very, very welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Karima. I love your work. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. So let's start with you sharing a bit
0: why you're interested in doing inner work. What got you to book the first session?
1: Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, so my, my current interests are different to my initial interest with inner transformation. Um, the catalyst that started me on this path with inner work was trauma. My husband and I were involved in a life-threatening rock climbing accident in Yosemite National Park. We were climbing in a group of three and our climbing partner fell a long way and hit a ledge. He was severely injured. We were several pitches up. So we had to self-rescue ourselves to the ground. And we were able to organize Yosemite search and rescue to pick him up and take him to hospital. Um, after the accident, I basically I had difficulty getting back to climbing. Um, climbing had lost its joy. And while I was climbing, I was constantly plagued with fear of accidents. Um, my mind was always designing rescue scenarios. And basically, I was just filled with anxiety. Um, around the same time, I was also dealing with multiple areas of pain in my body. The osteopath who I was seeing for this pain was um, very much convinced in the mind body connection. So she was the one who suggested that I do some therapy. And she was also the one who introduced me to Karima. So now, um, After three and a half years of work directly with Karima, my interests for inner transformation have developed. Um, I now feel that this work is an essential part of life. It helps me stay connected with my own needs and it continually improves my relationship with myself as well as with others. It helps me work through the difficult issues I'm faced with from my past and and my present. And it excites me about my future. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I remember in the
0: early days when you talked about your accident and what that created, like I really felt for you. And it, that's mm-hmm. been beautiful to watch your healing around it all and the steps you've taken. And you've always, for me have been one of those very courageous people that just does the work. You know, you never shied away from anything. So it's been a pleasure supporting you in all of that. And I'm really glad you're out on the other side of that all. Thank you. <laughs> um, what important moments of doing your inner work are standing out for you? What comes to mind?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Um. I've done a lot of talk therapy growing up. Um, And I guess looking back at that, although it helped a bit to talk about the things I was going through and it helped a bit to have them or have it validated that they were wrong, um, I never felt better. You know, I mean, I guess I need to say that again, I never felt better. Um, So what I like so much about this work is that you can feel it. You know, you can go from a large amount of discomfort to complete exhaustion, and then you find yourself on the other side, glowing with positive energy so um (laughs) you know as as you said karima there's always a rainbow on the other side (laughs) um i think that for many people going through this process of transformation would be really frightening i mean i was super frightened and um sometimes i still am it seems so much easier to keep things just locked away.
0: I want to say something to that because the, in spite of the fear, that is what I really love in you. You are courageous. Like when we do this work, it needs some courage and commitment and you keep doing it. You've never run away. And that's where we get the results. and I'm glad you're mentioning this because it is scary. We are going in, we are confronting parts of ourselves, layers in the unconscious that weren't conscious. That's why it's called unconscious. And it is for the conditioned mind often really frightening to face what we don't know yet the unknown. And so it's good you brought that up because that's true for everybody who's starting to do their work that we are very scared in the beginning and then over time by doing more and more work and feeling those changes and transformations, we actually learn to trust it more and this specific fear gets less and less over time. Would you
1: agree? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree that it gets better um, with time. I can remember from initial sessions and meetings just feeling anxiety or or I mean a general sense of not wanting to sit down for the session and thank goodness I had this over um umbrella I guess that said you know I want to be my true self I want to be happy, and I want to be healthy, so bring it on. And so, you know, having that, that end goal in sight really helped me because I think we are all very naturally afraid of the unknown.
0: And I would say that, honestly, anybody who's doing this work or has done it for a period of time, if they're honest, they will describe the same thing. I have that so often from clients that they say, oh, I had some resistance before this session. I don't know. I didn't really want to do it. And I'm glad that I did it anyway.
1: So mm-hmm. this is
0: a part of the work that is unavoidable and it is good to face that and keep doing it. And eventually it has less power to really distract you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that kind of brings up um, you know the other topics of of like my first encounter with true nature. Can I, can I talk to that a little bit? Sure, okay, great. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, because um, this is this is quite a long time ago now, but during this particular session, we were working with disappointment. Um, From a memory involving my mother, which was actually right after this climbing accident that I mentioned before. Do you remember that? Yes. (laughs) I do. Um, So when I go back to my notes on the session, um, it's super clear that I've experienced a revelation. Um, You know, during the session, Karima, you helped me pick apart each of the reactions in my body. And um, slowly we looked into each one and we experienced it. We supported it, validated it, um, said, you know, gave weight to, you know, what I needed at that time and what I should have received. Um, And I guess it's kind of difficult to explain a session like this to people who haven't experienced it, um, because you know when I use words like in this session, I experienced extreme pain and sadness and anger, disgust and desire, all in a row. And you know these are just adjectives to try and sum up an experience. Um, you know, so so to break that down, for example like the pain was a crushing feeling in my chest, you know, and a tightening in the back of my throat. The disgust was this pukey feeling in my stomach. And the desire was that of energy, um, expelling from my head out in front of my chest. And that energy made me want to reach my arm out and send it further out. You know, it was a desire for, A loving and supportive mother. And after, you know, Karima, after you helped me fully allow all of these reactions and feelings, I was left feeling super heavy. Um, I was tired, my face, shoulders, chest, legs, they all seem to have this extra weight to them. And I remember, you know, I have in these notes that you helped me and encouraged me to even feel the tiredness. And a moment later, I checked back in and and that heaviness was gone.
0: I just want to highlight something here. The exhaustion that you're describing is very normal because it takes a lot of energy to keep these memories, these emotions locked away, to stop Mm -hmm. them from flowing and moving through. And so it's very, very normal that when we are allowing emotions that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel before, when they can move again, the exhaustion from constantly having to stop it, to stem against them, comes out too. And Mm. I also, anyway, you know, I work with absolutely everything that arises at any given moment. Nothing is not valuable. And that's how we go deeper and deeper. And I'm really... Grateful that you're able to describe your experience in such detail and how much you felt it through the body. You know, this is exactly how we work in the session. So, thanks for your accurate description.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep, definitely. Um, I remember you talking about that as well during that session. You know, talking about, I remember using an analogy of a closed door. You know all the energy to hold that door shut
0: exactly
1: so um i i guess i'd like to just finish by saying you know to that topic that um or that particular session that um when i checked back in i wasn't feeling as tired anymore you know and i i scanned my body and I picked up on a light tingling, um, which was first just down my biceps, my forearms, down my fingertips, and it was flowing and vigorous. Um, it was like my muscles were humming, you know, like like ready to go for a run or jump out of my skin.
0: I just want to add a little piece here. The way I break down emotion is energy in motion, energy in movement, flowing energy. That's the healthy energy of all emotions. And I created this term because when we push against it, hold the door closed, don't feel it. I call that e-stuckness. And we're all, most people are specialists in e-stucknesses. And we're actually just relearning emotion, which is the natural flow Mm -hmm. and beautifully described. (laughs)
1: i like that e-stuckness i mean let's get away from that emotion
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) and it is also when we grow up and we are not supported in feeling specific emotions we have to learn to hold them and store them Mm. and when then finally you have the time the space the capacity to let it flow again it is such a relief Mm. and that's what you're describing when the energy in the end flowed it is just beautiful, healthy, humming, alive, natural energy available again.
1: Mm. yes, definitely. So is there any other important moment you wanna share? Yes, I have one more I'd like to share. Um, this The second important moment would be um dealing with physical pain through this sort of inner transformation so um you know going back to this this time um early in probably the first year of working with you karima um i was dealing with some physical pain in one of my feet i had been in a skiing accident in <laughs> Prince William Sound. I promise I'm not always getting in accidents, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're having adventurous
0: hobbies, so I think that's quite normal that things happen there.
1: It happens, it happens. Mm. Um, so I was skiing in Prince William Sound up in Alaska, and in this accident, I broke my fibula. Um, My ankle required three surgeries to, yeah, to get it back in one piece. It was displaced. And I went through years of rehab and for the majority, you know, my ankle came quite right, but four years, and I've looked back to check the date on this, and I'm not exaggerating, four years post-surgeries, I was still experiencing pain in the bottom of my left foot. So, um, you know, in those four years post-surgery, I had visited multiple osteopaths. I had been to a physical therapist. I'd seen the local podiatrist, and lastly, the podiatrist referred me to a GP um, for a cortisone in- injection. So um, I went to this meeting with my GP and I, you know, to this day, I greatly respect this GP and his scientific um, analysis of the imaging of my foot. He looked at everything we had done, um, ultrasounds and MRIs and all kinds of things. And he said, there's nothing structurally wrong with your foot. He said that the cortisone injection would do nothing. And so he refused to give it to me. Um, At the very end of my appointment he suggested that perhaps it was psychosomatic and so i decided to approach this with karima and after two sessions on this my foot pain has left and never come back (laughs) and it's been two years um huge like massive um life-changing difference yeah. I mean the body mind connection or the emotion
0: connection of emotions with the body is really clear now. We have emotions stored in parts of the body, or if something isn't complete around the accident or emotions around it, or it has to be released, and then the body has the space to repair again. And anything that's stuck in any part of the body creates imbalance and what we're doing through the work is repairing that and restoring balance Mm. so what challenges have you overcome in a summary
1: i would say um the number one the biggest challenge that i've overcome is reconnecting with my mom Um, We've kind of alluded to a bit of a tough upbringing and um, I had cut off communication with my mom in 2016 and we hadn't spoken for five whole years and uh, we've reconnected, which is amazing. Um, I've done, we've done, Karima, you and I have done a, a lot of work around this and um, I'm ecstatic. I mean, like you can hear it in my voice. I'm so excited yeah. that yeah. I've been able to reconnect with her. And we have had a beautiful connection again. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting down a path of um, having a loving and kind relationship with my mom, which is very important to me.
0: And I'm really happy for you that that was the outcome because with the work we've done, I always said, we can't guarantee that once you reconnect, it will be easy or good. But we've done all the work to prepare for that possibility. And then you were really lucky because you are now able to reconnect and start fresh. And she's open to that. So it's just wonderful to watch.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I guess the second thing that um, challenge that I think I've overcome mm-hmm. is my self-confidence um, or lack of self-confidence mm-hmm. prior to doing the work um, and the connection with my own needs and emotions. Yeah. And we will go into a bit
0: more throughout the other questions around that. Yeah, sounds good. Just a little addition here, like needs are often the most hidden places in us. Like first when we start working with reclaiming to feel and what we do miss or a desire to reach out or once the emotions flow again, it opens up us up to a deeper layer of needs. Because often when we grow up and a need isn't fulfilled, we naturally try to ignore that or deny it or even believe we don't have that need. But true needs cannot, we can't make them disappear. They're waiting in there. And so when we work with the emotional body and free that up, we then get access to true needs. And that is always very fulfilling. And I know you've experienced that many times. Mm, Yes. Now, just as an overall question, what have you learned before we go into more detailed questions?
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess stemming from what we just talked about, uh, I was very disconnected from my needs and my emotions growing up. So I've learned what I like and what I dislike. And I've become more in tune with my needs, you know, whatever I need in any given moment. And I've learned how to communicate those needs in the right way in my relationship with um, my partner, my husband, or Mm. um, with my family or my friends. And I've learned to listen to my emotions, and follow them to find my truth. And I guess one more thing, I, I've learned to be comfortable in my own skin, which no, is
0: massive. beautiful that you're mentioning that like, that's one of the main purposes of doing the work that we really learn to get to know ourselves, become our own best friends and learn to trust ourselves. So being comfortable in your own skin is a beautiful description of that. Mm. So now let's get into some of the questions that are aligned with the chapters in the book. What would you say around that question? What is the role of the mind in inner transformation? Has your mind become a friend?
1: Mm. For me, the role of the mind and inner transformation is listening to whatever comes up so um many times we've gone into a session without any objective so sometimes um this opens and unravels a massive inner child work you mm-hmm. know like <laughs> And other times, I am left experiencing the joy that I feel from a beautiful day out skiing with friends. Um, Also,
0: that what you just said there is important because that leads to one of the main misunderstandings around therapy. Many people think it's only about the hard stuff, the difficult stuff, the trauma, the pain, the, what didn't happen. And that's the old idea around therapy. And I have had clients who came, worked on deep pain, and then that was okay. And then I said, I'm done now. I'm going to go. I said, yes, you can, but it's also you're missing out on the good bits. You know, once we feel the wounds and the difficult <laughs> stuff, we become really connected. And then all the beautiful states, what I call the treasure chest, Open up and we get to know ourselves on this deepest, truest level more and more. And you really have understood that. And that's why we can go into sessions without an agenda or any specific idea and see what's there. And when you start a session, you're already feeling good. We bring awareness to that and deepen that. Mm. So thanks for mentioning that.
1: Yeah, sure. Definitely. I I mean... It's a good time. It's a really really <laughs> Not good, always, time. but it can be <laughs> it can be, you know, when it's, when, <laughs> when you know, you've had an amazing day out or something like that and just experience just spending taking time to fully experience through your body and mind, uh, you know, the the joy of a beautiful day. I mean, it feels yes. really good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when we explore a positive state and bring all the awareness we have to that, they usually deepen or open up more or you get to know even more joy. And that is something that I really love about this path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. Um, I I have a couple more points probably uh-huh. to talk about the mind. Yeah. Um, you know, my mind has some conditioning from my youth, um, which tries to shame me mm-hmm. or tell me I'm not good enough. Um, and thanks to working with you, Karima, I've learned excellent tools to help me talk to this part of mm-hmm. myself in the right way you know sometimes it's a firmly yelled no (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes you know no that's not true or Mm. whatever it might be and and other times it's a friendly you know thank you so much for your service but i don't need your protection anymore you know you can you can happily retire i've got your retirement plan all laid out for you (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's really great you're mentioning that because many of our protective mechanisms are so outdated and we develop them mostly in childhood. And then these protective parts to look at us as little kids and overprotect us or stop us from growing and adventure or moving into the unknown and certain parts can really retire. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Well expressed um
1: now would you say your mind has become a friend yes my answer would be yes um now i know my mind like i know my best friend you know we have a relationship which is always changing uh it takes work and it's super fulfilling
0: wonderful Let's talk a bit about the physical body. Why is connecting with the physical body important? And I just want to refer to you already started describing that when you described the session around disappointment, how much you have learned to describe specific sensations. So how would you answer that question? Why is connecting with the physical body important?
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, definitely. Definitely. Um, Well, the body is the connection to the work, you know, through listening to the physical body, we're able to start working into what's really going on. You know, the body provides hints for us, you know, sort of like like dreams. Um, Your body can flare up in discomfort, you know, in the middle of a conversation, let's say with a friend or a partner talking about some plan for the weekend, for example, you know, and um, we've already established I'm a climber. So <laughs> let's use that analogy. Um, if we ignore the discomfort in our bodies, we may not actually find out that we're not interested in climbing that mountain in time. And so, um, you know, heck, we might actually be terrified of climbing that mountain. We then may find ourselves halfway up a route in complete fear without a good way to get off. And then what do you do next? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we listen to our body's signals, then we have a much better chance of not needing some kind of search and rescue off the side of a mountain. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> analogy. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs>
0: Actually, since I've been working with you and you talk so much about climbing, I have started using climbing analogies more. And in the book, I talk a little bit about that at times. And Mm. so it widened my horizon in terms of (laughs) examples. (laughs) So keep bringing them.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right. I'll do my best. How would you describe
0: the importance of the heart for transformation?
1: Um, I guess that when my heart is open, I love myself. I love who I am. I'm in touch with my needs and I can communicate this in my relationships. I feel better connected with the people that I care about. And I have confidence in my work or in what I'm saying in my relationships.
0: Mm, Beautiful. And the heart is the place in us that allows us to love. And self-love is definitely one of the beautiful flowerings that comes when we learn to open our hearts. And the fear of pain is usually what blocks the heart. And when we have the courage to feel the pain the heart opens and there's more and more self-love and yeah, beautiful qualities. Mm. And also you mentioned the aspect of connection. That's another beautiful quality of the heart. I sometimes call the heart the master connector. It connects us to ourselves, our bodies, our emotions, to people, to the land, to animals, to everything around us. And so the heart always wants the best for all involved. It works in the um, paradigm of a win-win and I am an absolute fan of the heart. <laughs> win-win sounds good. <laughs> yes. What have you learned about the art of feeling?
1: I, I guess I think I've already touched on this a bit, but um, I think I will just pass on one key point um, Uh, So we've established I've been working with you for three and a half years. And in those three and a half years of doing this work, every other week, I've only left a session feeling discomfort, pain, or sadness a handful of times. Like, honestly, I can really only think of three. So I bring this up to encourage any listeners to give this type of inner transformation a try you know i've gone through the deepest darkest most painful sad scary or angry moments in my life and still i have come out feeling really good
0: wonderful thanks
1: for sharing that
0: and Mm -hmm. that is the power of this work that's why i call it the art of inner transformation, we can really learn to transform suffering into well-being. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the
1: inner child. Sure. Um, In meditations, I have learned to meet with a younger version of me, who wasn't loved or supported in the right way growing up in the meetings. I can hear from her own lips what she's going through and I can give her the support or love that she needs. And I found this kind of work super transformative. It's helped me a lot with healing things from the past. But it's also helped me with my current relationships and difficulties that I face in the wide world. You know, it's helped me to not be insecure or jealous in my relationships. Mm-hmm. It's helped me with trust and connection to who I really am. Wonderful. That's really well put. I mean, the inner child work is
0: unavoidable. When we do this work and we go in, we have to learn to reconnect with younger parts and do that in the right way. And it is very, very healing. And you've definitely experienced that. And I think that's why it's also possible now to start fresh with your mom. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So this more tricky area of inner holes and deficiencies, how would you describe that? How have you experienced that? Or have you experienced that?
1: Yeah. Yes, um, I've alluded to a lack of confidence and some insecurity and jealousy um, and anger, you know, a pretty intense anger that, is, that I've expressed um, in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. What would you call a wrong way? What is anger expressed in the wrong way? Oh, like getting in big fights with people that I love, you know, just saying things I don't necessarily mean or, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, hurting myself and hurting other people. Yeah,
0: yeah. And do you remember working with these a whole, like, when you work, for example, with insecurity and you explore that, what you found on the other side or through working with it?
1: Yes. I mean, a lot of the work has been, um, just super helpful in establishing that I don't need to be insecure. Um, that whatever I am is good. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to be whatever, other people want me to be. I don't mm. have to be what the world sees. You know what the world wants me to be. Yeah. Um, so I can just be me, and I can yes. be happy and secure in that. And um, like I've said before, like I I love me, and <laughs> I think I'm pretty. I'm think I'm pretty cool. And. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So if I can just stick with that, you know, lose the insecurity of, oh, I'm a bit wobbly. I'm not sure about that. Um, Then I, yeah, I think everybody sort of wins.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So the security comes from knowing yourself better and sticking with what is true for you and not Mm -hmm. bending to conditioned ideas or how you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. What does
1: listening to inner guidance mean to you? I think going back to feeling what's going on in the body, you know, I am putting together a bit of a map of my body, um, you know, it, it, or it helps with everyday life, you know, just before recording this video, I knew exactly what that buzzy, (laughs) jumpy feeling was in my tummy, you know, um, and it was okay, you know, it's okay. You know, I felt nervous and that's mm. okay. Um, and I think that I have learned that different feelings, you know, they, they mean different things. And like I said, in my everyday life, I'm, I'm able to stay true to myself and my needs, which really helps me connect with other people. Yeah, and I think that um understanding all of those feelings throughout your body makes it makes that understanding of yourself much quicker. Yeah, you, know, you can pick up the reaction in your body and you can understand quite quickly what you're feeling and then right away you can start making plans for you know either avoiding continuing along a path or, um, you know, deciding to change a direction or whatever you might need, you know, uh, picking it up quick means you can make a better plan. Yeah. So what I think you're
0: saying is like when, for example, you want to do something, but you actually, it's not right for you, the body would give you signals of discomfort or contraction or a sinking feeling or something where, no, I don't really want to do that. And then you listen to that. Because it's a no signal of the body and then you don't do something you don't want to do. Or the same with a yes signal, which is usually something very enjoyable where you go, yeah, I love to do that.
1: Mm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, now the beautiful part of the work called True Nature and we're doing the work to get in touch with True Nature which is also the state of being whole. Can you give some examples of your direct experience of aspects of true nature?
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> true nature feels like many different wonderful things. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like sipping a pina colada on a beach in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> other times like floating in black infinity and sometimes it feels like little balls of energy flowing just under the skin Mm -hmm. uh, like the tickle of a wave going back out to sea you know pulling the sand past your toes but it always feels good you know it always feels loving supportive nurturing and assured oh
0: beautiful examples and so detailed love it and i also <laughs> want to encourage the listener when you feel good try to describe that in more detail like Alison has just done that so beautifully because there are so many beautiful aspects of true nature and we all have our unique version of describing it like sipping a pina colada on a beach. (laughs) That's a unique (laughs) uh, description. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, sure. Now, Alison, what does becoming whole
1: mean to you at this moment in time? Right now, becoming whole means to me uh, uncovering the conditioned self to find and reconnect with the part of me who's never been hurt. Uh, it's who I truly am and like I've already established I really like her (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's definitely coming across
0: (laughs) (laughs) good now is there anything else you would like to share that we haven't covered in the previous questions
1: yeah sure um my Husband and I've been happily together for eleven years, Uh, so that's a long time before I began the work. And um, before this interview, I I asked him to comment on his perspective of my transformation through this work, and he said that after everything I've been through growing up, and he's he's seen and experienced quite a lot. He's watched me go through this process and learn more about myself. He said that this has clearly given me the ability to really take care of myself in a holistic way. Oh, that's a
0: beautiful angle to actually ask him, someone you are close to and live with, to share what it's like for them. So thanks for that perspective. Yeah, sure. Now, the last part is what I always love that you, whoever I interview gives a specific tool or resource to the listener to take away from today or experiment with. What would you like to share with our listener as a resource?
1: Sure. yeah, i'd I'd like to pass on um, an early tool that you gave me, Karima. In this day and age of hectic life, um, we may find it easy to get sucked down pathways we don't necessarily want to. And if you're like me and you have trouble understanding your needs and desires, or I should say, if you are like how I used to be, because I'm, I'm getting much better <laughs> <laughs> at this. Um, I'd like to encourage you to take out two pieces of paper. And on one page, write down everything you like. You know, I like ice cream. I like sleeping in, walks down by the river, bubble baths, you know, and so on. And then on the second piece of paper, Write down all the things you don't like, like, oh, I don't like spicy food or being cold or scary movies or modern art. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to encourage you to fill out the paper, you know, fill the whole thing. And if you're like me, you may come to the end of the page feeling better connected with yourself and you may learn a few things about yourself too.
0: Wonderful. That was really enjoyable. And I really hope what you wished for that this will help some people will happen. And we Mm. would love to have some feedback when you listen to this. And thank you, Alison, for your time today. And I see Mm. you in your next session.
1: Yes, my, my pleasure. Thank you, Karima. Bye. Bye. Thank
0: you for listening to the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place and that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook.